Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So we are continuing the series that we looked at to do with God's economy that I started last week. Um, but the reality is this idea of God's economy is really just another way of looking at the nature and character of God. It's not a separate thing from him. It's not something where this is the nature of God and this is the way that God does economy. God does giving and receiving. God does money. God does that. So it's completely not like that. It's that this is the nature of God. Therefore, this is the way that he handles resources. This is the way that his economy works. This is the way that everything works. Because everything works via his nature. It isn't different to that. So God is a giving God, a self-giving God. And therefore, because of his nature to give of himself and pour himself out, that is exactly the same way that his economy works. And that is exactly the same way that his kingdom works. Exactly the same way everything works. I'm going to look at that a bit this morning. Um don't think that we'll be too long on this but I want to just really just before we even start just kind of recap so I talked about the picture last week and I've not got any bread unfortunately I do actually fancy some bread right now I haven't got any bread right now um, but look to the picture of bread and the contrast between that in terms of um, Pharaoh and Pharaoh buying and selling and, and using the idea of accumulating bread as a, a system of the world or an economy of the world compared to God's where it was given to the children of Israel in manna and therefore the idea that God poured out and gave them as much as they needed and it wasn't there to accumulate, it wasn't there to use as control, it wasn't there to kind of leverage people with but it was there to be given, to be eaten, to have your fill and that be more than enough and then whereas Pharaoh's it was about how can I get as much bread as I possibly can, how can I get as much as I can and therefore use that abundant resource to control and manage and, and deal with situations and the idea there's this contrast that one is a system that's based on accumulation, one is a system that's based on I want to get as much as I can at the expense of whatever it is to do that and then the other one is that I want to give of myself fully and make sure that those things are given that one is based on fear a fear that says I've got to get as much as I possibly can and the other one is based on I want to love and pour out as much as I possibly can in these situations now that doesn't mean that um, if I have an accumulation of money in my savings account that I am now suddenly under Pharaoh's rule and reign and now I've got to make sure I've got nothing in there. That, that, that's not what it's talking about. But it's the idea of accumulation to control and accumulation to manipulate and accumulation based on fear. Am I gathering, perhaps a bit close to the bone, am I gathering money in my savings account because I'm scared? Is that why I'm saving money? Or am I saving money because it's a good stewardship of my money and it gives me the ability to do things? Or is it because I'm scared? And therefore, it's the idea that what, what's the motivation? Is it because I'm fearful? That's the world system. It accumulates, it gathers, it gets whatever it can to make sure it is okay. Or God's system, that is no fear, complete love, and therefore abandonment to be able to go, I will pour out my life, I'll pour out my money, I'll pour out my resource into whatever I can find to do that. And that's the kind of the contrast of those things. And for me, the big thing is, it, it, that kind of sums up it's a heart attitude that we can so easily now run into this thing of like if someone has any possessions anything to do like a nice house nice car nice things that suddenly we think they are in this system because they look like they, they, they look like Pharaoh and if someone has nothing we assume they're in God's system because they must have given it all away 
Whereas actually, that doesn't reveal anything. This person could be in Pharaoh's system but have nothing. This person could be in God's system but seem to have everything. Because it's about what their motivation, the attitude of their heart is. And therefore when I'm looking at these things, I can't simply do a thing and go, well that person's rich, therefore they must be like Pharaoh. That person's poor, therefore they must be in God's system. I can't do that. Because it's not about the external measures of these things. It's about the internal measures of these things. Because I have no idea the motivations of those things, the motivations of those hearts. And that, that, that's kind of where we're looking at today. So we just want to go to and pretend you're flicking pages in a real Bible. Uh, Sai's got a real Bible. Come on, Sai. And Jeremy's got a real It's starting to creep over. It's start, people are starting to go back to the proper, proper Bibles. Okay. Um, none of this electronic stuff. Uh, we're going to go to Matthew 6. <laughs> and don't be scared but we are going to read nearly all of Matthew 6 just to paint a picture I'm going to skim read it um, and just then make it fit whatever context we want it to fit at all um, just joking, I'm not really going to do that um, but we are going to skim read it because I just want to pull out something because I think it's very significant in what we're going to look at to finish with Okay, Matthew 6 verse 1 Jesus says this take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Okay? So charitable deeds he's addressing. Okay? Good stuff. Doing good stuff. Okay? Verse 5, chapter 6. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So he's saying, when you do good stuff... When you pray, he's addressing these things. Then, go to verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assured I say to you, they have their reward. Doing good deeds, praying, fasting. You're starting to see where he's going with this mentality. He's addressing these things that are seen as good practices, but he's addressing what? the heart motivation behind them. He's not addressing the practice. He's, saying, he's not saying don't pray. He's not saying don't do good deeds. He's not saying don't, don't fast. He's saying, look, when you do these things, I want you to shift your attitude. I want you to shift the, the way you're doing them. And then he says, verse 19 of chapter 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in still. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I have read this for so long as the idea that treasure is money. Because then the next verse says, or the two verses after that says, you can't serve two masters, you can't, you'll hate one and love the other, you can't serve God and mammon. Therefore you instantly go, treasure, money. That's what he's talking about. It's not what he's talking about at all. He's saying, look, Think about what he's just said. To do good deeds, to do prayer, to do fasting. Don't do those things so that men see them. Don't do them so that you get the applause because it looks right here. And whatever looks right. And the thing about what looks right is what looks right changes. We, we As society and culture changes, we have different acceptances of certain things. And that changes through time. So what looked right to people 100 years ago doesn't necessarily look right to people today. And therefore, what I would have slammed a hundred years ago, I might have been applauded for. 
if I'd said, I don't know, I'm probably this is going to be too general, part, but if I had promoted the idea of people having servants and slaves in the house 200 years ago, absolutely great, completely did that, says so in the Bible. Okay, people would have applauded me for that. If I did that today, I would be shot down on every single social media platform you could possibly think of. Okay, because what looks right to men changes. And that's almost the thing. If I said, actually, there's no way that anyone should be in a homosexual relationship 100 years ago, 50 years ago even, okay? Absolutely agree with you completely. If I said that today, that's completely changed again. Because what looks right changes, okay? So Jesus is challenging and saying, look, don't live your life based on what people applaud. What people say, yeah, absolutely, you're praying really well. Steve, you are definitely a praise, a prayer, isn't he, Steve? Because look at him, he prays, prays really powerful prayers. Okay, oh, he's a great faster. In the, just fast all the time, okay? You know what I mean? Or whatever it may be. Oh, look at his, even, even, look at his good deeds. Steve helps out with Langrade, helps out with God's coffee shop. He's definitely a good guy, okay? The point is, if my motivation in those things is to get that applause, to get that recognition, to get that acknowledgement, to get that idea that actually, yes, Steve's a good guy, isn't he? Okay? Jesus just said, I've had my reward. And secondly, he's just said, where your treasure is, i.e. where the applause is, that's where your heart will be also. He's saying that if you do it based on the applause in here, you'll, you'll just do it. And you might look good. For your whole earth life, you might look good. Because you pray, you fast, you, you do good deeds. But he's saying, look, your treasure is going to be here on earth. Not here in heaven. Not in the unseen realm. Not in the other system. Because Jesus isn't just talking about earth and heaven. He's talking about the systems. He's talking about, look, there's an earthly system. An earthly system that rewards what looks good to that earthly system at that particular point in time. It rewards it. There's then a heavenly system that rewards different things. It rewards it in a different way. I can accumulate applause. I can accumulate recognition. I can accumulate goodness from society, from the ways I do things in this realm. And by doing that, I'm storing up for myself treasure. Or myself treasure. Or I can do it according to God's system. I might still pray. I might still fast. I might still do good deeds. But my motivation is not to accumulate treasure here. My motivation is I want to imitate my father. And therefore that's why I do it. And that's what Jesus did. Doesn't Because we can't then look at it and go, well, that means Jesus should have had no recognition at all. Jesus had recognition. People loved him. They absolutely loved him. He was famous. He's still famous today. So he's not challenging fame. He's not challenging people's affection toward you he's not challenging the fact that you change the world he's challenging why why are you changing the world why Jesus did you die on the cross why do you do these things and he did it because he had such a love and a heart poured out for people and that's the bit that Jesus is getting at in Matthew 6 the whole thing in Matthew 6 is look why why are you doing it based on this world system where it's about gathering accumulating things to myself which includes money but doesn't just include money it includes all kinds of God's economy is not just about money okay recognition status power whatever it may be accumulate those things or am I doing it based on God's system where it's like I will pour my life out and I might get recognition I might get money you never know okay but the point isn't the money the recognition the point is I want to pour my life out in those things and he says that when you do that, your heart will be drawn to a different kind of system. Your heart will be drawn to a different way of doing things. It won't be drawn to Pharaoh's system, to the world system of this, this and this. It will be drawn to God's system of self-giving. Um, he then says, 
Verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your light, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Then he says in verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And in my opinion, and it's just an opinion, those two verses there, those three verses, 22 to 24, make no sense in the context of what he's talking about at all, if we read them as they just read. He talks about prayer, fasting, and giving, and doing good deeds. He then talks about treasures in heaven, and then he talks about the eye, and then he talks about money again, and then he talks about not worrying about life. It doesn't seem to make sense, it seems to be jumping all over the place, unless they're linked. Unless the fact he's talking about, when it says, these ideas, let me read it to you, so the idea is that when my gaze, remember he's talked about treasure, so where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. That's where you'll go. Where, you, where your heart is, that's where you'll focus. And he's just picked up that same thought. But we, when, when the Bible, it is a frustration, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking because I'm trying to express something, but it's frustrating. When we read it, it breaks it into these lovely little bits that help us, okay? But it also doesn't, because what it does is it means we read it separately. And actually, it's a whole train of thought, obviously, from Jesus. He's saying, look, where your treasure is, guys, that's where your heart will be. And therefore, because that's where your heart is, that's where you'll look. So think about the idea of looking. If my focus is going to be where my treasure is, my focus is going to be where my heart is, I want to focus here because I'm getting recognition, I'm getting attention, I'm getting reward, power, status, whatever it may be, money. Therefore, he's saying, look, the lamp of the body is the eye. We're saying, look, where you look, where your focus is, he's saying, if therefore your eye is good, so your eye is set on things of heaven, your eye is set on a different system, your whole body's full of light. If your eye is set on this world system, your whole body's full of darkness. He's not telling us that you're good or evil. He's saying, look, the way you, where your attention is, where your focus is, determines what you're filled with. And he's saying, look, if you build up a reputation of, like, I pray, I fast, I do good deeds, I give my money to charity, I do all these things, but you, I do it to accumulate it to myself. He's better saying, look, you're going to be so full of darkness because your attention is going to be here. Your attention is going to be on yourself. Your attention is going to be on what you can accumulate, like Pharaoh. Pharaoh, like Cyrus said last week, was anxious. Well, was full of stress, anxiety, tension, or another way of saying that, full of darkness. That doesn't necessarily mean that Pharaoh was an evil person. I'm not going to go into that completely right now, but not saying that, but he was full of darkness. Why? Because his attention was built on a world system that was all about him. Whereas Jesus was built on a system that was all about pouring himself out. And therefore he's full of light because his attention is away from himself on a different system. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this. So look, when you focus on yourself, when you focus on this system of fear, you're just going to be full of that, the, the stuff that's associated with that system. When your attention is on the things of a different kingdom, on a system that's about giving itself away, you, your body's going to be full of light because you're not focused on you anymore. And you're receiving from heaven what you need to do. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. I feel like I waffled there. But it's fine. As long as we've got it, that's okay. So... He's got all this stuff, and then he talks about God and Mammon. Now, Mammon is, is money. It's translated in probably a lot of Bibles that we're reading in front of as money. But it's actually not just money. It's a system. It's a Mammon is a kind of it's a system thing. So he's saying, look, you, the whole context is he's saying, look, you can't serve two things. You can't serve the Pharaoh system that's based on fear, that's based on accumulation, that's based on self, that, that's based on what can I get, that's based on a world system, and serve 
the kingdom of God system, the heavenly system. It's about giving of itself, pouring itself out, giving itself away. So that you can't serve those two systems. That's where he gets to in verse 24. You cannot serve two systems. And then we close our Bibles and we go home because we've read our Bible for the day. And we kind of leave thinking, okay, I can't serve two systems. Thanks God, I appreciate that. I can't do it, two systems, okay? Unless the next verse is about how you don't. The next bit he then goes and says, you, can't serve, you cannot serve two systems. And then he picks up verse 25 and says this. Therefore, remember, you cannot serve two systems. In the way you pray, in the way you fast, in the way you do good deeds. You can't serve two systems in those ways. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. It is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing. What's he doing? He's telling us how we don't serve two systems. He's making it incredibly practical. He's gone almost philosophical and gone, you can't serve two masters, you can't serve two things, this is how. Don't worry about your life. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. Verse 27, which of you by worrying? Verse 28, so why do you worry? Consider the lilies of the field. Verse 29, and yet I say to you, not even Solomon, all his glory is displayed by one of these. Now if God clothes them, verse 30, therefore do not worry, saying, what should we eat? What should we drink? Verse 32. For all these things the Gentiles seek, i.e. the Pharaoh system. And this is important. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need those things. He's not anti-things. He's aware you need things. But he's saying don't do it like that. Do it like this. Don't serve this system because you need things. Realise that actually when you stop doing that and realise you can serve this system and I'll provide for you the things, that's how you don't serve the two masters. You just serve this one. You serve this system, the God system, the Jesus system, the poured out system. And he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. The, the whole point is saying that you can't serve two masters, you can't serve this system and this system. You've got to pick and in my pursuit of things, in my pursuit of things I need, not even bad things, though there is a bad thing I don't think, but the kind of things we see as okay, food, water, shelter, accommodation, whatever it may be, we can either go, well, I'm going to get those things by doing this system, or I'm going to get those things by doing this system. This system makes me feel better because I feel more in control, because I can accumulate them to myself. This system makes me feel a little bit more anxious because I'm like, oh my goodness me, I don't know where or how this is going to work out. And that's the whole point. He's saying that when you tap into either one of these systems, there's this tendency on our minds to worry about it. And he's saying, look, that's how you don't serve it. It's to do with your thought process. It's to do with the way we're thinking about these things. And I want to just jump to another thing. He's saying, look, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And that, that's how you do it. When you start to cast that care, cast that worry, cast that anxiety, it enables you to serve this system. If I get myself into a tiz and get myself into a fluster and stressing about lots of things which I have a tendency to do personally but if I do that I tend to lean towards this system because this Pharaoh system makes me feel better there's no denying that I feel better when I'm anxious to work in that system than I do in that system because the Jesus system is scary at points when I'm stressed and anxious about something if I'm stressed and anxious about something the, the, about money 
the last thing I feel like doing is giving money away. Because that makes no sense at all. That adds to my anxiety. That adds to my stress. I'm lacking money. I'm worried about lacking money. Therefore, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give some money away. That makes no sense whatsoever. Okay? So he's addressing something. If I'm worried about my reputation, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go and do something that makes my reputation look even worse. That doesn't make any sense at all. If Jesus is going... Think about it. Jesus is going to the cross. He is not particularly liked by rich people. He's not particularly liked by powerful people. And those rich and powerful people are going to end up putting him on the cross. He knows that. The poor people love him. The poor people will protect him, would die for him. So what's the best thing for Jesus to do? In a natural sense of things. The best thing for Jesus to do is to keep those poor people with him. Protected by protecting him, naturally speaking, protecting him for him. He could start a revolution with them. Okay? No, not what Jesus does. Jesus is surrounded by a group of poor people. What does he do? Okay. Where's the rich guy? There he is in the trees. A kiss. I'll kiss. I'm coming to your house. So now Jesus is not just alienated by the religious leaders or by most of the rich. He's now just alienated to the poor. Because he's gone. I'm going to go to the richest guy's house here and go for a meal at his house whilst I'm surrounded by my poor people. Because the point is, Jesus isn't driven by this system of like, what's the best thing for me to do in this moment? Actually, he's going, okay, what's the best thing for me to do to change the world? What's the best thing for me to do in this moment? Actually, at this point in time, it's to reach that rich guy. I know that looks ridiculous and it makes no sense at all, but it's to reach that rich, that rich guy in this moment, okay? And that's the point that when I'm worried and anxious and stressed, I tend to lean towards this one. But Jesus is challenged to go, okay, don't worry. Don't stress about that stuff. What she's saying to do is saying to trust. And that's what I just want to go to now. So if you just go to Proverbs 3. The Jesus is teaching us really practically about how we engage with God's economy. How we engage with God's system. How we engage with his way of doing things. And so much of it is to do with what goes on between our ears. It's what goes on in our mind. That when I'm worried and anxious and stressed, I lean towards the fairest system, the world system, the one that's about accumulation and fear. And he said, look, when you're in that state, give me your care, give me your worry, trust me. Proverbs 3 is one of my favourite passages of scripture, it really is. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding or perception. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I just want to read it slightly differently, okay, just to want us to catch something. Remember, Jesus is saying, look, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve this world system and this kingdom of God system. You've got to just pick one. And when you're worrying about it, I want you to trust me instead. So he's saying, look, when you trust me, it enables you to serve in this kingdom. And I'll just take care of all that other stuff, okay? So therefore, we're reading this in the context of trust. So just listen to it again. Verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will direct your paths. And he will help you go down this system. Because those two lines in between, um, and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, that, that is the method of trusting. The, the kind of first line, the last line, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will direct your paths. That's the trust in the Lord and this is the outcome of that trusting. The, bits, the two bits in the middle, the, the kind of meat in the middle of the sandwich is, is how you actually do that. And he says, look, you trust in me by leaning not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledging me. And he's kind of saying that this is how you do it. This is how you trust me. When you're at this crossroads between engaging in this system or engaging in this system, and you're worried and you're anxious and you're leaning towards this one, he's saying, look, you trust me. And you trust me by 
not leaning on your own understanding, not leaning on what you can see around you, not leaning on your perception of the circumstances, but acknowledging me in your moment, in that moment. And it's a really beautiful thing. He's saying, look, so when you're caught, this thing is like, just right, don't, don't rely on what you can see. Don't rely on what you perceive. Don't rely on what you understand about the circumstances right now. Don't base it on what is just there in front of you, the facts in some circumstances. But I want you to acknowledge me instead. It's really powerful because the word acknowledge there, he's saying, look, so don't, don't just lean on your own perceptions of it. Don't just lean on the way you interpret the situation, but acknowledge me instead. That word acknowledge is not just like, okay, how you doing, God? What do I do right now? Okay? It's not like I walk into a room and go, hey, Pete, I'm acknowledging Pete. It's not like a hat tip as I walk into a, a place. Okay? That's not what it means. The word acknowledge comes from the same word as when Adam and Eve, or it talks talk about Adam and Eve in Genesis. It says that and Adam knew his wife Eve and then gave birth to to children, okay? Um, we're all adults in the room, um, or most of us are adults in the room, or at least therefore asleep or don't understand. Um, knowing Eve is not like, hey Eve, how you doing? And then a baby was born, okay? That's not how the birds and the bees work, okay? Um, sorry Matt, I know it's confusing, but it's alright. Um, that's not acknowledging. There's an intimacy about that acknowledging, that knowing, okay? There's an intimacy about the time spent together to make that happen okay there's an intimacy about the the closeness that's there the drawing near to one another in that moment and that's what he's talking about in that moment when you are worrying when you are stressing when you're anxious you're saying look give me that worry give me that stress give me that anxiety but don't just give it to me acknowledge me or know me know me in that moment Know me in that thing. And the the challenge for me personally, I'm sure it's the same in the room, the challenge for me is I almost want it to be a hat tip because the pace of my life sometimes would would help me if it was a hat tip. If it was like, okay, God, I give you my worry. Hey, God, thanks. If you just sort it out for me, that'd be awesome. Okay, that'd be be great. But he doesn't want that because that makes it like a slot machine. It makes it like this kind of thing. And that... That's not the point of what he's going for. The point of what he wants is he wants a relationship. So that acknowledgement takes time. That knowing takes time. It's about going, okay, God, this is stressing me out. Okay? And I will probably want to lean towards accumulating as much as I possibly can to make me feel better right now. I feel low about my mood right now. I don't know. I feel anxious about money right now. I feel like my job is just going on a downward spiral right now. I feel like my friends hate me right now. So I'm just going to do something to make me feel better. I'm going to eat loads of food. I'm going to spend loads of money. I'm going to be mean to my colleagues at work. I'm going to do something that helps me accumulate something. Or going to go, God, I'm stressing out right now. And I just want to take time. And that time might be minutes it might be hours it might be whatever time you can carve out of your day that is significant say god i just want to know you in this situation i'm just going to turn to my bible i'm going to i'm going to google things promises to do with this and i'm going to know you in this situation i'm going to know you i'm not going to just rush off and just do whatever that's because i'm going to know you and in that knowing you it's going to direct my path it's going to make my path straight i.e it's going to help me walk in your kingdom. It's going to help me do that thing. It's going to help me trust you in that moment where I didn't want to trust you. And therefore help me to serve the kingdom of God and not 
the kingdom of the world or the Pharaoh system. It's going to help me to give of myself and seek first the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of the world or the, the world system. So in those moments, the whole point of Matthew 6 is that he is, he is taking us through that thing. He's, saying, he's addressing these systems. He's addressing these economies. The economy that's all about accumulation and fear and anxiety and stress and worry and all that kind of stuff. And the kingdom that's based on, I will just pour out my life as much as I possibly can. Because... I don't know why I'm saying this, so we'll go with it because it's always interesting. Because this kingdom says this. God is so given to every single person that it makes no difference their past, present or future. We know that. But that means God is for everybody. Now, that is hard. The people that do not look like God should be for them. He is for everybody. He loves everybody. And the challenge is, in some moments, even in my own thinking, my thinking can be actually, okay, let me accumulate support to myself against that person. I'm intentional not to point at any of you right now, because that would be quite mean, wouldn't it? Okay? okay, against that person. Not you, Matt, don't worry. It's in the middle. Okay. Um, because that makes me feel better. If I can make myself feel better because that person looks worse, that's this fairer kingdom. That's this world system. Yet God's system is this crazy, ridiculous thing. Doesn't mean there's no accountability, doesn't mean there's no challenge for people's behaviour, but it's a system that goes, I'm for every single person. From the person here to the person here. From the most extreme points, I'm for them all. That doesn't mean I'm not going to challenge, doesn't mean I'm not going to address, doesn't mean I'm not going to make sure people are safe, but I'm for every single one. Because that this system doesn't require me to be okay and therefore them to not be okay. This system just goes, I'm just for you. I just love you. And I'm not considering my own needs, I'm not necessarily considering my own wants or my own desires right now because I'm trusting my Father, who frees me to seek first that kingdom and knowing that all these things will be added. And the point is that he's not against the adding, he's not against the things, he's against the place that they hold in our lives. That, that's the bottom line of it. Do those things hold the kind of security and identity and, and, and safety for us? And if they do, then we're kind of rooted bang smack in the middle of this. If I have things, but they hold no security identity or anything like that for me here then those things can just be part of if needed part of me just giving away and that's the point can i hold them with an open hand and if god said to me that this is what it's needed and i'll just give it freely i'm not going to put anything on that name because it could be anything and that's the challenge because matthew 6 is talking about that that he's addressing heart attitude he's not addressing what it looks like externally. He's not addressing those things. And so I talked about that kind of, the difference of economy that God is lavish in his giving. Pharaoh accumulates and he's calling us to be part of this lavish giving. That he wants to lavishly give to us, but he also wants us to be ones that lavishly give. And the ones that indiscriminately give. And indiscriminately cast a wide seed. 
on on the on people's lives that he's four years old that he's talking us through that that thing and he says look you can't serve two masters and the way you don't serve two masters is you don't when you're wooing when you're stressed you kind of go god i'm going to trust you and i'm going to acknowledge you i'm going to spend time with you i'm going li- to hear from you i'm going to let you work in my life something that's going to enable me to engage in this system and that's the challenge it's in that moment that the challenge is there because that's not a quick hat tip I acknowledge you, God. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that. Okay? It's a time invested. And I find, I'm sure everyone else does in the room, that time invested is hard now. Because everything's fast. Everything's quick. Everything's 100 miles an hour. And yet God's saying, look, when you're in that moment, trust me. Don't rely on you worry, your anxiety, your perception. But just acknowledge me. Come to know me. Pull some time aside. And just go, God, turn off the telly. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to just with you instead and I'm just going to acknowledge you and I know that that's going to direct my path it's going to help me walk in this system in your system in your kingdom in your lavishness of being given so Jesus just pray this week especially this week that as we're praying for the things that I talked about that as we're standing with Jeremy as he goes back to Kenya that, that I just pray that when this week there's something that we find ourselves worrying, stressed and anxious about when we find ourselves worried about our lives what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, where we're going to go where money's going to come from, whatever it may be when we're worried about those things that you would just help us to remember that we can stop we can trust you give you our worries, give you our cares give you our anxieties, give you our stress and just pull aside and acknowledge you, spend time with you to know you, knowing that in that moment you are directing our path and helping us engage in your kingdom, helping us in not just be people who receive your lavishness, but people who indiscriminately give that away as well. That Jesus, where in my life and our lives there's areas where we still struggle with that and we still revert to Pharaoh's world system that I thank you you're going to help us do be directed into your kingdom, your system, your self-giving system, that we would be people in the places we go and in the people we speak to that just pour out life, pour out love, pour out hope, pour out peace, pour out whatever's needed, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Just pour those things out in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a good weekend.